The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Today is what we call Vision Sunday, and we're going to be sharing uh, some of the vision of our church. I can't be sharing all the vision because I'll have you here for hours, but just some of the vision. But before I do that, I just love the fact that in our church we have something like 300 volunteers that uh, constantly are at work making our church what it is. What you saw on stage today were all volunteers, people that come early, people that dedicate their life and sacrifice for the extension of God's kingdom. And I love the fact that we have something like 300 volunteers, 120, 130 leaders in our church. I can't keep up with the numbers because they change almost every single week. But I'm so grateful for that. Some of the volunteers in our church are board members. And uh, board members are the directors of our church. In Just to give you an overview, with our movement, the Australian Christian Churches, we don't have a central government body that dictates how our church functions. We are what's called an autonomous church. So, yeah, my credentials are overseen by a credentialing body that belongs to the Australian Christian Churches. But the way that we operate, the management of our affairs, the management of our finances are seen, are overseen by a group of people that are the directors of the church. They have the legal uh, grounding as directors and we call it the board. So I want to introduce them and uh, just an opportunity to do so. So uh, Helen Rogers, would you stand? Helen is uh, one of our board members. And uh, she's been on the board longer than I have. I think she's been on the board for over 20 years and still a great contributor. Then we have Matthew Cross. Stand up, Matt. Matthew. Matthew's married to Kim. They have three beautiful children, Jesson, Maddie, and Josiah. And uh, Matthew is the managing director of an IT company called Dancray. He's also been part of this church longer than I have, uh, probably since the instigation of the church, and a great contributor to our board. Then there is Sanjay Aquila. Stand up, Sanjay. Uh, <clears throat> Sanjay's married to Elizabeth. They've got two lovely children, Siobhan and Sam. Sanjay re-engineers business procedures and makes them more efficient and effective. How many of you think that's a great qualification to have as a board member? Wonderful. Then there's David Seaton. David, David Seaton is married to Kelly. They have three children, Jack, Tom and Kate. David is the operations manager for the private hospitals division of Calvary Healthcare. They cover 13 private hospitals and day surgeries in New South Wales, ACT, Tasmania, and South Australia. Great contributor on the board, especially when it comes to the finances. And then we have David Helvagian. Where's David? There he is over there. David, married to Debbie, three children. Matter of fact, we dedicated the youngest last Sunday, and uh, David is the head of insights and solutions 
for the Strategic Alliances Division of TAL, which is Australia's largest life insurer. I'm glad we got that sorted. I think at the last board meeting, we were discussing whether he's got a job title. And now here it is. It's the Head of Insights and solutions. Again, you know, great, a great contributor to our board and when it comes to insights and solutions and moving forward. And, uh, and then we have uh, as well Sandra Brain, who set up Sandra. Sandra. Sandra has been my executive assistant now since the year 2000, and she comes from a corporate background and uh, administration in insurance companies and great contributor to our board. She also oversees all of our connect groups, and uh, we've got great visions for that this year. Thanks, Sandra. Thank you. She's also a public officer. As you notice that my wife is not on the board, I kind of... um, have a feeling about that, that it's not a good idea to have husbands and wives on boards. It's not the healthiest way to, to, to run a, uh, a board. So uh, even though Anne is the senior pastor with me, she has more to do with the pastoral affairs of the church than the governance part of the church. And, uh, and I'm the chairman of the board, uh, but only a voting member of the board as well. So that just gives you insight into the way that we run our church. And can I just say that the integrity of uh, these people is without question. And I love the fact that uh, one of the reasons God is blessing us is because of the integrity of these wonderful people that we're surrounded with that you can have confidence. And you can ask them any question, anytime about anything. Our books are open as well. If you want, um, uh, we always have available our last audited accounts and they're available for you to peruse and have a look at, ask questions about. You know why? Because when you've got nothing to hide, you can actually be open and honest with everything. And that's the way that we operate as a church. Okay, if you have your Bibles... Would you open up to Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3? Jeremiah 33, verse 3. This wonderful scripture that I want to read to you on vision. And it says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. What this scripture says is this, is that God is the one that can give us vision. God is the one that if we call to him, he will show us great and mighty things. How many of you want God to show you great and mighty things? Well, let let me talk to you a little bit about vision because I, I believe that vision is the bridge that connects where you are to where you want to be. Let me say it again because I think this is really important that you understand that. Vision is the bridge that connects where you are to where you want to be. Vision is the bridge that connects your present to your future, that connects what you've done to what you want to do. And so vision is imperative for us to have because it's actually like a compass that gives us direction in the tumult of life. How many of you know that that life shows us all sorts of things and there's so many voices and there's so many pressures and there's so many scenarios that push you and pull you and shove you and, and, and we all need a compass to be able to lead us through all the pressures of life and that's what vision does. Now there are three kinds of vision. Let me talk to you about that for a little while. First kind of vision is the internally inspired vision. 
And so that vision comes from inside. It's, it's, it's an internal force that motivates you. What a wonderful thing it is for some people. They grow up with internal vision. They just, they, they just, they can see things. They can see their future. They can say what they want to do. You know, I, I had that as a little kid. I grew up wanting to be a pastor. At five years of age, there was a vision one day of being a pastor. And as I got older, one of my visions was to be a pastor of a multicultural church. And growing up in, in an Italian church, growing up uh, with messages in Italian, I kind of thought, you know what? It doesn't encourage me to invite my friends to this church. Why? Because number one, they won't be able to understand anything. And number two, it wasn't user-friendly. It was crazy Pentecostal, probably is the best way to describe it. And, uh, and so I, I had a vision. If, the day that I was going to be a pastor was going to be a church that is multicultural and a church where my kids could feel safe in it to invite their friends. And so I love looking around and, and seeing what's happened here. We are a multicultural, intergenerational church. And that came from a vision that was internally inspired. Now, there's externally inspired visions as well. Externally inspired vision is where you were given the vision that you have to have. And uh, we've, we've got uh, a fair proportion of Asian uh, people in our church. And uh, let me tell you, externally motivated visions are very strong in those sort of communities, whether it be Asian, whether it be Italian, where you have strong uh, paternal or maternal people in charge is strong. And so I had a friend of mine say, my dad told us what we were going to be. So there were three of us brothers. And so he turns up one day and he says to my eldest brother, okay, you're going to be a doctor. And then he turned to my other brother and said, you're going to be an engineer. And he turned to me and he said, you're going to be an accountant. And I said, how did you feel about that? Was, that was normal in our family. We were told what we were going to be. And so, and so, and so he says, well, what happened? Because he was, we're at seminary now, and he's a, a professor of theology. And, uh, and I said, how did your father respond to when you quit accounting? He's very upset, very, very upset, because he kind of didn't feel that I'd ever make it good. How's he feel now? He's very happy that I've made it good now. And so there's externally motivated visions as well where you were taught. How many of you know that if you've got significant people in your life, significant people through their love for you, sometimes that's, that's the way they describe it, but it's more trying to manipulate you and trying to make you what you're not. So can, can I tell you the most important vision that you can have? Here it is. Not the internally, though that's good. Externally, well, it's better than nothing. At least it's a vision. The most important vision that you can have is what I call the divinely inspired vision, where, where you get it from God. Ask of me, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know, because God's got a vision. And you know, the wonderful vision about God that he has for your life is that he's actually designed you to fulfill that vision. He's actually gifted you with the ability to fulfill that vision. And so we've got to be so careful that we are not pursuing a vision that is externally motivated. I, I, we used to have a, a family in this church where, where the, the lady decided one day that she was going to marry a pastor. And so, she just, so what happened was that she didn't end up marrying a pastor. She ended up marrying just an ordinary guy. But she ended up trying to force him to become a pastor. 
trying to force him. You know, my dream has always been to marry a pastor. And this guy is trying so hard to be a pastor. But if you're not called to be a pastor, it's not divinely, then you're constantly working against what you were called to be. He was called to be just a nice guy, a nice bloke that's able to encourage people, have, able to help people. But to be a pastor, he just didn't have it in him. And it wasn't called. So we just got to make sure that the vision that we have is divinely inspired. And a divinely inspired vision will always be biblically based. It will never contradict God's word. You, you, you know, so many people, oh, God gave me this vision. And you say, but you know what? It doesn't comply with the Bible. Well, God gave it to me. Well, let me tell you right now that if you have a vision that you believe is divinely inspired but does not comply with the Word of God, then I will emphatically say to you with much love and much care, you got it wrong. Go back to the drawing board. Because it's as simple as that. It's got to comply with God's Word. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit inspired this book. And, and if, if, he, if the Holy Spirit is inspiring you, he won't contradict himself. Okay, so very quickly, how do you get a vision? I want a vision. How do I get one? I'm glad you asked that question because I'm going to answer that very, very quickly for you. Here it is. Are you ready for it? Very quickly, get yourself a journal or a computer or something with which you can write. Whatever it is. An iPhone, um, Braille, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, a bit of leather and some uh, goat's blood. I don't know. Whatever works for you. Get something which works for you. So you've got your writing material. Then go to a quiet place. Separate yourself from the noise. Separate yourself from the voices. And then start to pray. Say, God, your word says in Jeremiah chapter three, thirty-three, verse 3, that if I ask of you, then you, and if I call upon you, you, then you will answer me and show me great and mighty things. So I'm calling for you. Show me great and mighty things right now. Show me. Show me your purpose. Show me your will. Show me the vision. And then start writing. Just start writing. Whatever comes to your heart, start writing. Why? Because you're in a quiet place. You're in a place of prayer. You ask God, and the Bible says he called to me, and I might answer you. Is that what it says? Um, I sometimes answer the super spirituals. Now, what does it say? Call on me and I will answer you. And not only that, show you great and mighty things. So if you're lacking a vision, I'm, I, I really believe what you're lacking is an ability to get aside, switch off the noise, focus in, pray upon God, and start writing whatever the Holy Spirit shows you. Will you do that? Okay. That's an overwhelming yes. I can hear it. Okay, let's talk about the corporate vision of our church. Let's talk about our church vision. Let, let, let me tell you something incredibly exciting. Anne and I have just celebrated our 19th year at North Shore Christian Center. And uh, we've been here for 19 years. But this year, in April, our church celebrates our 30th anniversary. So this church started 30 years ago in April. And so mark the date, 18th and 19th of April, Saturday night, the 18th, 
6 p.m. And then Sunday morning, we're going to have 30th anniversary celebrations. It's going to be absolutely awesome. So we've invited Pastor Sean and Linda Stanton to come, who were my predecessors. They were the ones that launched the church back in 1985. Not only have we invited Pastor Sean and Linda, we also invited their children to come as well. We thought, wow, they were involved in it. I think Mark, the youngest, was actually born when, uh, when Sean was pastoring here. So they're going to be, the whole family's going to be here. We're going to celebrate together. We're going to tell stories, funny stories. We've got people sharing great things. So that's 30 years. But let me tell you, so much has happened in the 30 years, and I'm not going to try to steal the thunder of that. I just want to talk about what happened last year. Because one of the important things that we need to understand is that, is that the launching pad for the future vision is the past. So the difference between a vision and a pipe dream is that the vision is connected to your accomplishments. How many of you hear people with incredible visions, but they're pipe dreams because there's no connection between where they want to be and where they are? It's where you are that's the connecting point to where you want to be. And if you don't fully understand where you are, then you're launching from the wrong foundation to where you want to be. And so one of the greatest things that you can ever do is to be honest with yourself. Not to fake it till you make it. Just to be honest with yourself. So here's here's, uh, some accomplishments that happened last year. One of the accomplishments that's happened last year, you're sitting on it right now. What's that? The new chairs. How many of you think they're great chairs? Oh man, they're comfortable. They've got the pocket in front. We've got stuff in them. But the beauty of the new chairs as well is that they're flexible. And so, uh, and so uh, in January, it, the flexibility of it was that we were able to, to just uh, put them out as uh, people came towards the back. And, and uh, many services now were able to extend uh, the size of the auditorium by just putting out more chairs And when we've got smaller meetings. So the, because they stack and we built some storage at the back, that's awesome. We've also got new audio and video equipment. Praise God. One of the big things that we were praying for was our video cameras from which we do television ministry. Incidentally, our television ministry has uh, an audience of over 100,000 people every Sunday morning. And um, and uh, the cameras that we had were being held together with sticky tape and Perkins paste. For those of you that remember Perkins paste. Okay. And, and this year, we're able to get brand new cameras. Well, well, maybe not brand new, but new cameras, widescreen, making a difference. And that's absolutely awesome. Let me tell you the other thing that's happened this year that was a great success was multiple services. So uh, I, I love the fact that when we had multiple services, I had people come to me. Oh, Pastor John, thank you so much for putting on a 9 a.m. service. Why is that? Because we can come to church by 10.30, it's all over, and then we can get on with the rest of the day. It's just awesome. How many of you love the 9 o'clock service? You're here, so that's probably why you like it. Then at the 11 o'clock service, I had people come to me and say, Oh, Pastor John, thank you so much for putting an 11 o'clock service because we don't get a chance to sleep in any other day of the week, but now we can sleep in, we can come at 11 o'clock. That's awesome. That's fantastic. The other good reason for having an 11 o'clock service is to take away any excuse for someone to come late at a 10 o'clock service. 
because uh, if they still think it's 10 o'clock, they can come on time for the 11 o'clock. It's just wonderful. The other, the other factor is, I don't know if you've seen, if you were here during January, but uh, even while most of the people away on holidays, we, we, there was only standing room for the 10 o'clock service. When we were doing 10 o'clock services in January, we just, you know, shoehorning people into the auditorium because we've run out of room. How wonderful is that? How many of you think that's exciting? So believe it or not, last January was the last of our 10 o'clock services. Next year, there won't be January 10 o'clock services. There'll be multiple services all the way through. And if anything, we're looking at adding another service. Woohoo! Anyway, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Let let me tell you what else was wonderful last year was our growth. Um, We we experienced more growth last year than we have in the last 17 years. So so the growth was was in attendance. We experienced a 23% increase in attendance, which is phenomenal. 23% is phenomenal in one year. Uh, but not only did we experience 23% growth in our attendance, we also experienced 23% growth in our tithes and offerings. So that, that's the amazing thing is that, is that last year, once January came, our tithes and offerings through the month of January went up 23%, like overnight, kaboom, it just went up 23%. And we're sitting around saying, wow, that is awesome, but can we hold it at 23%? Well, the miracle was that we held it at 23% for the whole year. It was like overnight it went up 23% and stayed at 23% for the whole year. And then this year, same thing. It's gone up even higher this year. And it's like, thank you, Lord. But you say, well, well, that's affected the other giving. No, actually what's happened is that all the areas of giving were record giving last year. Not only was our tithes and offerings record giving, but also our giving to missions was record giving. Last year, believe it or not, we broke the half million dollar donation to missions mark, which we've never been able to do. Come on. Amazing. So, so our tithes and offerings went through the roof. Our missions giving went through the roof. But then the amazing thing on top of that was the giving to the building fund went through the roof as well. We, there was over half a million dollars given to the building fund, which enabled us to pay off all of our loans. How is awesome is that? Thank you, Jesus. Wow, that is awesome. So record tithes and offerings, record missions, record building fund, but it didn't stop there. It was also record giving to Shaw Care, our charity arm. It just went through the roof. And we just sit back and we say, you know what? We don't spend half an hour doing an offering talk at our church. You know, I mean, you hit it this morning and got up and said, I just don't know what to say, but thank you for being generous. And it's like the generosity and the blessing of God is totally overwhelming. So I love that. I love that. Um, let me just say, last year, one of the great things that we did was launching Food Care, which was one of our great bridges into the community. And uh, we opened it up again last Thursday. And I think there were 10 new families that registered. That brings us to over 150 families that are registered with Food Care that we're helping. And all Food Care is, is us helping people in the community. And if they are struggling uh, to to uh, finance their, their, their food budget, they come here and at a very discounted rate, they're able to get food. And we're talking about people that never come to church. 
except on a Thursday, they walk across this bridge that we've built, a bridge to the community. And every Thursday, they walk across this bridge, they come to our church, and they're blessed. And some people not only come for the food, but they come for the tea and coffee and chats with our volunteers that just come on Thursday mornings to be a blessing to the community. And some people, they look forward to that more than anything else. And I love that. I'm going to talk a little bit about more, bit more of that later on. The other thing that we did last year, and this is just the top 10. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I just thought, I want to do just the top 10. That's all. Okay, so what's next? Okay, what's next? And again, I, I, there are so many things that it would just go... Right over your head. So I'm going to focus on three. I'm calling them the three C's. Okay. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is community connection, community engagement. That's what's next for us. As a church, we want to go even deeper into the whole perspective of building bridges into our community. The fact of the matter is this, the doors of our church have been open for 30 years. For 30 years, we've been saying, come, 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 come. And people have come. You've come. But what we want to do over the next 30 years is not just open the doors, but build bridges. And food care is a classic illustration of one of these community engagement dreams that we have where we just built a bridge from our church to the community, found a need in the community. And said, you know what? You can come to us and we'll help you whether you're a Christian, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're a Hindu. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are and what you are. If you have a need, we're here to help you. And that's the way that we've been operating. And so, and so Sue Davis, Sue and uh, the team have you know, just been phenomenal. And uh, can I just say that if you want to volunteer in any area of the church, that'll give you incredible satisfaction. Volunteer in food care because it'll give you amazing satisfaction and amazing connection with the community and people that are unsaved, people that never come to church except on Thursdays to pick up their food. So that's an amazing thing. We've built other bridges into our community through Shore Care, the, the whole Christmas um, hamper program that literally ministered to hundreds of families has been something that we've been doing for quite a while. We're not only doing that, but we built bridges through uh, uh, something that we call the healing rooms. And the healing rooms are, are, are praying for people that are sick. And Sonia Kirsty and her team do an amazing job and uh, where, where they just gather people that are sick. They come here or, or wherever they have the healing rooms and they just spend the morning praying for people and ministering and loving them and, and just an amazing, amazing ministry, which is another bridge. Chaplaincy is another bridge that we've built to the community where we have a couple of our chaplains in the school. Uh, uh, we, we have Andrew Lopez that last year was at Narrabeen Sports High School. Uh, Claire Espinel that was at Brookvale Primary School and not only that but Chris and the team go and do scripture in the schools again building bridges into our community we have holiday care and a whole bunch of other things but we want to take it to the next level we want to this year take it to the next level and so one of the great announcements that I'm going to make is that this year we're actually putting someone on staff that will help us take community engagement to the next level. 
And, uh, and so not only will he be involved in, in community engagement, but he'll also be involved in helping us do evangelism better and, again, with uh, young adults. And so Drew Castle, stand up. Uh, next, Drew Castle, Pastor Drew Castle, coming on staff at the beginning of March. How exciting is that? So Drew has resigned from Mission Australia, doing great, did a great job there, overseeing a whole bunch of people in Mission Australia, and uh, starting the beginning of March with three portfolios, community engagement, evangelism, and young adults. And I'm so excited about that. And again, it's our church's endeavors to bring it to the next level. Now, the thing that I want to announce, which is an incredible announcement, is this is that now that our church building has been paid for, the next building program for us will be the Dream Centre, which we're building over the car park. And again, that's designed for community engagement. We've been calling it the Dream Centre as a generic name for many, many years. But today I want to announce the new name that we're giving the Dream Centre. We're giving it a new name. And the new name is a name that is connected with us. And it's connected to the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, the fact is that Jesus is the source of all life. And, And about 14 years ago, we named our television program Life Source TV. And right across Sydney, we're known as the Life Source Church. And so I thought, what an incredible thing if we called our dream center the Life Source Center. And so how many of you think that's a great name to give the center, the Life Source Center, so that our community can come and be ministered to, our community can come. And so one, one of the things that we're looking to do with the Life Source Center is establish food care there, but not only food care, also early childhood development. So that is one of the big dreams. That it's a huge need, and it's always in the news that there's not enough childcare. And so we want to call it Life Source Early Learning and uh, in the Life Source Center and, and uh, basically build a one-stop family shop for people in the community just to come and be blessed and minister to. It's not necessarily going to happen in one year, but we're launching it. Uh, we're just finalizing the last, little details of buying a little bit more airspace over the car park so that we can get a great big giant footprint. And so uh, this year, the Life Source Center will take on a new initiative. So that's all to do with community engagement. That's the first C. Second C I want to talk to you about is children. How many of you love the children? We love the children. And uh, last year, our children's ministry grew 12%. But uh, we want to invest more in our children. And so consequently, we have employed a staff person two days a week. Drew is going to be on full time, but we're actually having a staff person two days a week to focus in on children's ministry. And so Claire Espinel has been appointed by our board two days a week, focusing on children's ministry. And she's going to assist... Beautiful Carissa. Stand up, Carissa. Carissa has been our children's leader for many years and uh, has done a phenomenal job under Chris, with, uh, with Chris. Um, but uh, with, with Carissa uh, having a baby, 
How many of you know? I announced it last week. If you didn't know, Chris and Carissa are having a baby. We go away on holidays and we come back and there they go. They can announce they're having a baby. So that's exciting. That's wonderful. But Claire will be uh, the assistant to the children's ministry. But you know what, what excites me is this, is that just this week, uh, Pastor Ross said, you know what, uh, it's... Just last year, I was, I was uh, at this gathering, and uh, this guy from the Hillsong Church, who's a recognized prophetic ministry, comes up to me and he says, hey, i got a word for your church. And he says, it's remiss of me not to have shared this earlier. And so I said, would you write this down what, what it, so I can share it with the church? He says, well, this guy prophesied that 2015 was going to be the year for children's ministry at North Shore Christian Center. Carissa is sitting there saying, tell me more. This is what he said. He says, there is something that will break and allow it to go to the next level. Our children's ministry is poised to have the greatest growth a year like no other. And so he's saying to Ross, are you involved? And Ross says, no, I'm not involved, but I know who is. He says, we'll share the word. So I'm sharing it with you. It's a great word to have. And so we're focusing in on children's ministry. We've got um, Chris Carrero, our generation's pastor, focusing in uh, on uh, youth ministry as well with an incredible team of, uh, I think, about 10 or 12 leaders. And, uh, and then, of course, young adults under Drew and Jess, again, is going to go to another level this year. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And so uh, more volunteers. So that's the second thing I want to talk about. The third thing and the last thing that I want to talk about, the third C, first one was community engagement. Second one was children. Third one is cracking ceilings. One of the dreams that I have this year is cracking a ceiling that is a ceiling that 98% of churches don't break. And this is the 1,000 ceiling. It's the 1,000 people in a church. We're very close to it. We're somewhere between eight, 900 uh, people. But this year, we've actually strategized to break that 1,000 ceiling. And as I said, only 2% of churches in the world crack that 1,000 ceiling. How many of you believe that we can crack it this year? And, and the, strategy, the strategy is to do with uh, uh, connect groups, um, with Sandra. We just want connect groups to keep growing and developing so that people are being discipled and growing in their faith. The strategy is through the increase of leaders. So for us to be able to pastor a church of 1,000, we need 140 leaders. At the moment, we've got 120. So it's another an adding of another 20 leaders. That's not too hard. I think we've probably added another 10 since, uh, since the beginning of this year. And so it's not too hard for us to be able to structure accordingly. Increase our volunteer base from about 300 to 350. And, you know, we can get 50 people today volunteer just to help. And, and, and so we can do that. But the other thing that's so important is evangelism. Just the whole emphasis on evangelism. Because for me, cracking the ceiling is not about attracting people from other churches. It's about getting people saved. It's about getting people saved. And so, again, you know, with Andrew Castle coming on, and not that he is going to do all the evangelism for our church, because that's not the way that it works. It's, it's about having someone on staff that you guys, that will motivate you just to share the gospel. Wouldn't it be great if all of us had a vision of just, just leading one person to Christ this year? 
Just one. Fact is that most Christians never lead anyone to Christ in their whole lives. What a tragedy that is. What a tragedy that is. When it's the greatest thing that can ever happen to a human being is for them to have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Evangelism and just this whole sharing Jesus with people. It can be so natural, so beautiful. And so I want to finish this morning by just saying to you that the greatest vision that I have on top of community engagement, children's ministry, and um, uh, that cracking that ceiling is just to see people saved. I just, I just want people to say yes to Jesus. Why do I want that? Because saying yes to Jesus changes lives. Saying yes to Jesus changes a future, changes a generation. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 